Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Vanderson. Today I will begin summarizing the daily chronological Bible reading beginning on October the 29th, day 302. We read about Jesus' last moments with his disciples before his mock trial and subsequently unjust crucifixion. The leading priests knew that they could not arrest Jesus in public because the people would riot. Since rioting was the worst of crimes to commit, the Roman military would come in with a fury to violently punish everyone indiscriminately and dispose the religious leaders of their posh positions for not maintaining control of the crowd. So Judas, to serve some unknown personal agenda, agreed to provide them with information on where to find Jesus alone. Only a disciple from Jesus' inner circle would be able to do that because Jesus moved around a lot and he was able to arrange meetings in hidden locations without even being there. Jesus sent Peter and John to find such a place for their Passover meal. At the Passover meal, Jesus demonstrated how the structure of the leadership in his kingdom would live to serve others, not the other way around. Jesus revealed that one of them would betray him, the disciples were unable to discover who it was. Jesus spent his last precious moments with the disciples, including Judas. Jesus washed Judas' feet, shared bread and wine with him, thereby demonstrating the greatest level of self-control. And maybe he was also mercifully offering Judas one last chance to change his mind about his betraying Jesus. Finally, possessed by Satan, Judas left into the night to become one of the most despicable of all traitors in human history. Jesus yielded to his father's will by not interfering with Satan's diabolical plan. October the 30th, day 303. We read Jesus' words following Judas and Satan's departure from them. Jesus explained that his obedience to his father's will, that is, allowing himself to be captured and crucified, demonstrated his love and brought glory to him. Likewise, the disciples will follow in the sufferings of Christ, enduring to the end without denying him. Jesus promised to grant their every request when they asked in his name. It is an insult to God for this promise to be wasted on temporal lusts. The power of this promise is to be used to secure the believer's resolve to never deny Christ, no matter what. In their carnal strength, the disciples claimed to have the stamina to remain true to him, but Jesus assured them that they would all desert him. Even Peter, who I am sure was at the top of everyone's list of the one most likely to succeed, Jesus promised that he would reveal himself to them after the resurrection, and when they received the Holy Spirit, they would remain in him as the branch of a living vine because apart from his divine power, they could do nothing for God. Finally, the eternal security of the believer's soul is confirmed in the fact that God chose him or her, and God has never, nor will ever, misplace anything. October the 31st, day 304. We read how Jesus knew that the world system hated him and would also hate his followers, but he promised that he would send the Advocate his Holy Spirit, to testify about Jesus and to convict the world of its sin. Jesus said that the sin that the world commits is, quote, that it refuses to believe in me, end quote. 
John 15, verse 9. The Holy Spirit will, one, guide us in all truth, two, tell us only what he has heard from Jesus, three, tell us about the future, the revelation, and four, bring glory to Jesus. After Jesus ascended to the Father, the disciples will be required to ask the Father in Jesus' name for what they formerly used to ask Jesus in person. Finally, Jesus' high priestly prayer is found in John chapter 17. In it, Jesus said, And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. And Jesus said, Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. November the 1st, day 305. We read how Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane in the Mount of Olives. In a stark contrast to when Jesus appeared to be sleeping in a very inopportune time back when the distressed disciples tried to wake Jesus as their boat was about to sink, surely thinking, how could he sleep securely at such a time as this? The disciples kept falling asleep as Jesus was distressed as he desperately prayed for the ability to resist temptation. Then when Judas and a band of armed men approached their secret garden prayer spot, Peter bravely and apparently single-handedly attacked them with a sword. But instead of enabling the disciples' heroic attempt to defend their master, Jesus stopped the conflict and healed the wounded enemy. When the disciples realized that their champion was not going to show out with divine indignation, they fled in fear and dismay, doing just as Jesus had already prophesied that they would do. Jesus informed them that he could call all the help that he needed for his deliverance, but that the power of darkness owned the moment. The guards led Jesus to the high priest Caiaphas for questioning. Peter, who I imagine by remaining nearby Jesus, felt that he was proving himself more brave than the other absent disciples. Subsequently, out of fear, no doubt, denied even knowing Jesus as he warmed himself by the fire. November 2, day 306. We read how Jesus was forced to stand before the council. Apparently, Jesus' enemies only had a vague idea of how to carry out their diabolical plan. After they captured him, even with a bountiful supply of liars, they could not establish any sustainable accusation that would justify their prejudicial condemnation of him. Then in rage, the high priest dishonored Jesus with a demanding challenge for Jesus to clear himself of supposed guilt. But all they received from him was a prophecy of a future event when he will be restored to his heavenly throne. They will surely regret this moment in a really big way. With that, they accused him of blasphemy and condemned him to death. They did not announce their faulty verdict until the morning, probably to make it appear to the populace that all the proceedings were done lawfully. Probably because Jesus did not respond to the injustice with violence, Judas regretted his betrayal, declared to the priests that Jesus was innocent, and then committed suicide. But they were indifferent to his remorse and self-destruction. Peter also regretted his denials of knowing Jesus and went away weeping bitterly. November the 3rd, day 307. We read about Roman governor Pilate's kangaroo court trial of Jesus. To accomplish their goal, the leading Jews needed to convince Pilate that Jesus was a threat to the Roman occupation. Superstitious Pilate tried to avoid condemning Jesus, 
but the Jews threatened to create a riot, the crime with which the Romans would respond most violently. Pilate was not normally in Jerusalem, but his assignment was to keep the peace during the crowded Jewish Passover celebration. In his attempt to save Jesus' life, he had him beaten severely, hoping to win Jesus some sympathy. But this only added to Jesus' suffering. Finally, Jesus, the one most worthy of all pleasure, comfort, honor, and respect, was cruelly mutilated, beaten mercilessly, humiliated, and degraded relentlessly until the torturers were too exhausted to carry on any further. Then he was turned over to the team of soldiers who were trained crucifiers. During all this abuse, Jesus never offered one word or thought of revenge. Plenty of irony can be found in Jesus' condemnation. 1. The Jews refused to enter the Gentile Pilate's temporary headquarters to keep themselves, quote, clean, end quote, for the Passover, yet they were guilty of blasphemy, the charge of which they accused Jesus. 2. Pilate's claimed to have power of life and death over Jesus when it was really vice versa. And 3. Ultimately, Jesus, whom the priests falsely identified to be an insurrectionist, was traded for Barabbas, who truly was a convicted insurrectionist and murderer. November the 4th, day 308. We read the account of Jesus' crucifixion. After Jesus was so severely beaten that he could no longer carry his cross, the soldiers made a man who was unaware of the recent turn of events carry the cross for him. I can imagine that he was walking along insisting to everyone, hey, Keep in mind, this is not my cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross while the soldiers gambled for his clothing. Jesus prayed for their forgiveness and prepared for his mother's care by conscripting the Apostle John. The religious leaders and spectators were hoping for some kind of display of power. Surely, many people thought, for someone who could do all that had been reported, God would surely perform some tremendous rescue. The rescue was indeed tremendous, because while Jesus seemed to be the one who needed rescuing, he was actually the hero who was trying to rescue his murderers, as well as rescuing all the people of all generations that put their saving faith in him. However, the physical evidence of his royal death disappointed them. Then nature responded with darkness in the middle of the afternoon. An earthquake, the tearing apart of the temple curtain in the Holy of Holies, and the resurrection of righteous people who walked right into Jerusalem so that even a heathen Roman soldier declared, Surely this was the Son of God. This ends this week's summary of daily chronological Bible readings. My next episode will pick up on November the 5th. I look forward to your visit then. May the Lord bless you.